See, he won't make you do anything, but he can put you in a situation that will make you. You won't leave him, so God has him leave you. God's got something better for you, but you won't leave the job because of security. He got to get you fired in order to get you hired or higher. Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue this message from Matthew 14 called, Hold On, I'm Coming. You know, pastor, you point out the fact that sometimes God has something in store for us, blessing for us, something he wants to give us. And because we're not acting in obedience, we're not maybe walking in faith, uh, because we're trying to maintain control and run our own lives, God allows difficult situations to break us out of where we were to get us where he wants us to be. Sometimes the only thing that will move us is a problem. Mm -hmm. Now, those of you who are listening in radio land, I want you to raise your hand so I could see them. (laughs) How many have ever said, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll go back to church. I'll get back into fellowship. I'll let this go. I'll stop doing this. Okay, I see all those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Well, why do you think God designed it to bring you to that point? where you're willing to give up what he does not want you to have. Because here's an important truth. Don't miss this. Listen up. Come up close to the radio. Listen, come up close. All right. God will not give you what he wants you to have until you give up what he doesn't want you to have. And so many people want to hold on to it. I tell the story. I heard it, I don't know, years ago when I was a student at Moody, but it was a powerful story about a father uh, who had given his daughter some fake pearls. And he finally, when she was uh, 12, decided to get her a real set of pearls. And so he said to her, baby, will you give daddy your pearls? No, daddy, I love these pearls. I will not give them to you. Okay. And he didn't give it to her. This went on week after week for about five weeks. And finally, she said, daddy, why do you keep asking for my pearls? He said, because I want you to give them to me. With tears in her eyes, she gave him her fake pearls. And he said, the reason I wanted them is because I wanted to give you these real pearls. Mm -hmm. And he put them on her neck and they both cried. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they realized something. Yeah. You know, yes, there was something better that he had for me. Mm -hmm. But first I had to give up that which was not the best. Yeah. And that's what we have to do sometimes. Absolutely. I see it all the time. I do a lot of marriage counseling and uh, I see it all the time. You know, it's like you're dating this guy. This guy's not good for you. And I'm straight, no chaser. I tell him, yeah. you know, look, I can't do this marriage because I don't think you need to be together. And ultimately, you know what, Steve? And I hate to even say this. Never been wrong. Yeah. Never been wrong. It doesn't last. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you just said, when we don't look at the big picture, when we don't understand the sovereignty of God, when we don't recognize his character, his goodness, that he wants best for us, and he may uh, you know, allow us to go through those hard times to get us there, boy, it uh, makes sense why we end up where we are, why we end up stuck, and uh, why God allows us to go through those tough times. Amen. Well, right now, we're going to go into Matthew 14 as we continue this message, Hold On, I'm Coming. 
Here's Pastor Ford. You are going through the storm, but here's the promise. You will get wet, but you won't drown. He said, you're going to go through the fire, and it's not going to touch you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, as I like to call them by their original Jewish names, they were in the fiery furnace. They said, look, we're going to do the will of God. We ain't bowing. Burn, baby, burn. We'd rather be cast in a pit of fire than to reject God and be cast in the lake of fire. And what happened? You know it. We talk about it all the time. Only thing was burned was what the world tried to bind them with. You going through the fire and you wondering what in the world is going on. He burning off the ropes that the world binds you. And it says their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. So they obeyed, yet they suffered. Can I tell you leaders something? When you obey God, expect opposition. Expect it. If everybody likes you, you aren't anyone. If everybody likes what you say, you aren't saying anything. If everybody likes what you do, you aren't doing anything. You're going to find somebody is not going to like you because you love Jesus. That's what it is. It ain't always, oh, you know, Eric, no, he loved Jesus. I love Jesus. And sometimes you're taking hits because of your relationship with Jesus. Now, he sent them into the storm. Notice two things here. They were informed and they were included. Did Jesus say in Mark 6, Go in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and drown. He said, go to the other side. That's a command. Now listen, anytime God gives us a responsibility, he always gives us resources. Now here's the catch. Will you believe I'll give you the resources even though you don't get it the moment you need it? Will you keep rowing? until your help comes. Man, these guys were informed, but then they were included. Go to the other side. He didn't say, Pete, go to the other side. No, all of you, it's third person plural. Everybody's going to make it to the other side. Get on over there. Look what John says. Look what John says. Let me show you something in John. Look at John 6.16. Look at what John says. Jesus was not come to them. So he didn't get in the boat with them like he did the first time. He did not come. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you do not sense the presence of Jesus while you're in the midst of your storm? <laughs> Here's what you do. You remember what he did when you did sense his presence. Okay, okay, turn to Mark, turn to Mark, turn to Mark. I have to do this synoptically because uh, Mark gives us some information. Uh, Mark 6, now watch this. Look at verse 52. Now, this is the walking on the water. Jesus, uh, 51, deals with it. Here's 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, 
for their heart was hardened. Wait a minute. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Here's what John is saying and Mark is saying. What they should have done is said, just a couple days ago, he took a little boy's Lunchable and turned it into Taste of Chicago. If he could do that, he could do the storm. You're supposed to go back. Can, can I just take a poll? Has he done anything for anybody? Okay, let's see. Has he, ever, has he ever paid some bills that you couldn't pay? Okay, so why are you tripping over the bills you can't pay right now? Why aren't you just waiting to see how he's going to do it? I shared with a young brother. And I said, okay, man, because he said to me, he always say, Man, I like the way you dress, man. I like the way you dress, Pastor Ford. I like the way you dress. I said, well, praise the Lord, man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I said, okay. Uh, so I told him to meet me. And uh, I said, you meet me, and we're going to meet, and uh, we're going to get you dressed up. He said, I don't have any money. So you ain't even understand what I said. I said, you meet with me, and we're going to get you dressed up. He said, well, Deacon Frank already gave me some shoes. I said, I said so? So if he gave you some shoes, I can't buy you some shoes? Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, you talking about you're going to buy it. Okay. See, it took a while. I, I wasn't asking you what you had. I'm telling you what the Lord is leading me to do for you. And, and you know what? The reason I do it is because it's been done for me for, by so many people. Some of you know you've done it for me. And if you haven't, I'm always available. <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is, it is. Man, I should recognize. Listen, I just know he's able to. Second ministry of Jesus in the storms of life. Second ministry, second ministry. He prays for us in the storm. Now, John doesn't record this either, but both Matthew and Matthew 14, 23 and Mark 6, 47. So go back to Mark. Go back to Mark with me. Go back to Mark. Mark 6, 47. And listen to what Mark tells us about this. He says, and when the even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone on land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came unto them, walking on the sea, and would have passed by them. Wow. What time does the storm start? Even. What time is that? 6 p.m. What time does he go to them? Fourth watch of the night. Now you know Mark is writing to Romans. How do we know that? Somebody holler it out. Because the Jews only had three watches in the night, but the Romans said four hours too long for anybody to stay up. So they had four watches of the night of three hours each instead of three watches of four hours each. So it started at six. So the Jewish watch would go six to ten, ten to two, and two to six. But the Roman watch would go six to nine, nine to 12, 12 to three, and three to six. So what we're talking about is that Jesus saw them at 6 p.m., but didn't go to them till around about 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Jesus, while they were working, Jesus was watching. Nine, ten hours, just watching. They were struggling. He was supplicating. 
He was praying for them while they were going through the problem for nine or ten hours. They were having problems. Jesus was having prayer. They were having trouble. Jesus was talking to the Father about their trouble. Hmm. My time is going. I, I, I just want to say prayer makes a difference. I, I was going to share something with you, but uh, that's all right. Let me just tell you this. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 31. What does it say? Jesus said to Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Here's what Jesus was saying. The devil wants to sift you like wheat. What is that? He wants to take the corn and give Jesus the husk. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message from Matthew 14 called, Hold On, I'm Coming. Well, I know that you can't always be listening to this program on the radio each and every day. If your life looks anything like mine, you're crazy busy, not always in the same place at the same time. But if you don't want to miss Pastor Ford's teaching, there are a number of different ways you can connect with us. You can always, of course, listen to the radio, but you can also come to the website and you can download the program or simply stream it. Uh, Either way, it's free. You can also podcast the broadcast so you won't miss a future program. And if you happen to use iTunes, would you go ahead and uh, give us a review or a rating? That helps it be found by even more people. And then you can also listen through the Moody Radio app. It's great for your iPhone, your iPad, or Android phone or tablet. And the best part, it's free. We'll link you to it from our website, or you can simply go to your favorite app store and search for Moody Radio. Uh, Your favorite app store might be Google Play or the iOS app store. And again, just simply search for Moody Radio. Or we'll link you to all of that when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Let's get back to the message. Hold on, I'm coming. Here is Pastor Ford. But I have prayed for you. And when, not if, you're going to come through this because of my prayer. You know what Jesus is doing right now? Hebrews 7, 25, wherefore he ever liveth to make intercession for us according to the will of God. He's praying right now. That's one of the securities of the believer. I'm eternally secure as long as Jesus is praying for me. How? When is Jesus praying for me? He's praying for me right now at the right hand of the Father, making intercession, participial verb, making intercession, making inter... Look at Pastor Ford, the accuser of the brother goes to the throne. Look at Pastor Ford, but I'm praying for him. And I died for that, but I'm praying for him. And I died for that. And I'm going to bring you to the place where he's going to be willing voluntarily to confess his sin so that I can forgive him and cleanse him from all unrighteousness. See, he won't make you do anything, but he can put you in a situation that will make you. You won't leave him so God has him leave you. God's got something better for you, but you won't leave the job because of security. He got to get you fired in order to get you hired or higher. You didn't get fired out, you got fired up. I can't say much on that because I, I want to end on time. And so what does he do if, for those nine or 10 hours? What does a jeweler do? A jeweler, when he wants to put a diamond on display, he gets a black velvet cloth. Look how brilliant and resplendent and beautiful it looks against the black backdrop. That's Jesus. The black backdrop is our storm. 
the storm highlights, magnifies, glorifies Jesus. The darker the storm, the brighter Jesus shines. Mm. Here, 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 let me give you these last two. I got to give you two. He provides for us in the storms of life. Uh, notice the period that he comes, the fourth watch of the night. Old preacher said this way, he may not come when you want him, but he always right on time. Ask Jacob. Sometimes he comes after you're running from your uncle Laban and you wrestle with him at night and your limp actually becomes your pimp. Ask Joseph that sometimes he'll come after the pit, after Potiphar's, after the prison. And when it seems like you're forgotten, he'll show up and escort you to the palace. Uh, Ask Moses. After you're running from Pharaoh, God will raise you up to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He'll show up after you've been thrown in the fiery furnace. Ask Daniel, because sometimes he'll show up after you've been in the lion's den, and he'll shut the mouths of hungry lions. They'll look at you and say, well, shut my mouth, is Daniel. Ask Brother Maxwell. He can tell you that after they fire you, uh, they hire you back at a higher position in salary. Uh, when you get to heaven, ask Elder Freeman. He was in a coma, and they told his loved ones, unplug him, and they said no. And then he came out of the coma uh, after a year and lived 20 more years. Uh, ask Pastor Lyle who was hit by an 18-wheeler on the Dan Ryan, and the state police told him to his face, you are lying, sir. You did not just get out of that car. There is no way a human being could have gotten out of that car, and you don't have a scratch on you? Ask Sister Jerry, who lived in the sixth flat, and every other apartment in the sixth flat was burned except for hers. All she had to do was open the windows and let the smoke out. No water damage or anything. Ask Pastor and Ruby White, when you get to heaven, they had divorced. And then four years later, after the divorce, God brought them back together and they remarried and stayed faithful to one another until God took her 17 years later and God just took him 23 years uh, later. He comes to us in the storm. Notice the performance real quick. He's walking on the water. Now, you already know this because I, I use this illustration ad infinitum ad nauseum. Come on, help me out. He's walking on the water. What does that mean? What's he telling them? What's over your head is under my feet. The thing that's giving you trouble, I walk on that. <laughs> yeah. Matthew records that Peter said, Lord, can I play? And he came out and he walked on water. Now, here's the last one. I got to drop him. I can't push him. Jesus prepares us in the storm of life. This is what it's really all about. Got to drop these real quick. What's he do? Here, here it is. Here it is. He, he teaches us in the storm the priority of his person, the persistence of prayer, and the power of his word. Study that on your own. Okay, study it on your own. The power of his word. Jesus, Peter walked on water. One word, come. The, the preciousness of prayer. Lord, save me. I mean, the power of prayer. And then the preciousness of his person. Here's the whole thing. Let me tell you this. There are five miracles here. There's one, and I said, I've been a pastor here 36 years. I've never talked about this fifth miracle. Now watch this. There are five miracles. Jesus walking on water. Peter walking on water. The wind being stilled and the waves being shut down. But listen to this one. Listen to this one. I said, man, I, I've never preached on this one. 
I need to do that just by itself. Listen to this. It says, verse 19, so when they had rode about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, they see Jesus walk on the sea, drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, as I be not afraid. They willingly received him into the ship. Listen to this. And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. There's the fifth miracle. That when Jesus got into the boat, bam! They're on land. How I miss that? He just teleported them to land. Ten hours trying to make it somewhere. And Jesus gets you there immediately. Okay, let me, let me see. They ain't listening to me over there. Ten hours, only halfway there. Jesus in the boat. Lord of the wind and the waves. Lord of their lives. And what they couldn't do and only get halfway in ten hours. Boom! In a moment of time. It's done. Quit trying to handle your own storms. You're not designed for it. I, I got to close, and I have so much more. I heard, I heard Tony Evans share about his wife, Lois. They were on a cruise. He said, and the squall came up. The sea was rough, and his wife, you know, got sanctified, and he ticked off and called and said, man, we're rocking in this thing, and uh, man, do something, do something. And uh, the, the, the captain said to her, he said, uh, Mrs. Evans, let me tell you something. First of all, this boat was designed with this storm in mind. Plus, I, as the captain, know how to weather the storm. So, Mrs. Evans, what I would suggest that you do is just go to bed. And when you wake up, the storm will be over and we'll be where we're supposed to be. Amen. That's my word to you. You're in a storm. Take a chill pill. Keep rowing. But know he's the captain. And that the ship that you're in was designed to weather the storm. Because he's the old ship of Zion. Bless the truth to our hearts, our Father, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. A message called Hold On, I'm Coming from Matthew chapter 14. And if you've missed any of the broadcasts in this short series, I hope you'll come and listen online. Just stop by treasuretruthradio.org and you can stream the broadcast or listen to an MP3 for free. You know, we get to listen to the radio for free and download the program for free, but there is a cost, actually, to bringing you Pastor Ford's teaching each day, from things like production costs to airtime and things that have to happen behind the scenes that most of us probably don't even think about. There is an expense to bringing you this program each and every day. So for those of you who are giving, thank you for doing that. You're helping make it possible. If you've never given a gift before, I want to ask you to do so today. Would you come to our website? It's treasuretruthradio.org. Click on the donate button. There you can give a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Again, that's at treasuretruthradio.org and click on donate. And thank you for doing that. Thanks also for listening and to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. <laughs>